Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me today is Jeremy Nidich. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? And Allison Kang. Hello. Uh, Jeremy, for those of you who don't know, I think you probably all do, but Jeremy is our Director of Children's Ministries. That I am. Children's <laughs> Ministries, right? <laughs> Children's, kids. Uh, family. You know, yeah. Family, it was the old term. That's the right. Old the new one is yeah. children. I was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. Yeah. See. I did this with Andy the other day too. <laughs> like we worked so hard to come up with the right title and then I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Kids, uh, children, either one would work, just okay. not family. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although we love families. And Allison is uh the children's ministry coordinator. Correct. Yes. At the at here at the church. And they both serve us in basically facilitating uh the ministry of our church family to kids. Really zero to eighteen, mm-hmm. which is quite a uh, quite a span. Yeah, for just a couple of you, for sure. I, it's it's especially being over all of those age groups. It's uh, interesting to see what the different needs are for their different ages, but also to kind of see that the spiritual development. I think over time, yeah, because uh, I I think I've been working here for four years now, mm-hmm. about four years, and. And so, yeah, just being able to see that over those few years has been great. Mm. I, I mean, you, you've done children's ministry for, in one form or another, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. At previous churches, I was uh, always like a, a lay leader, volunteer. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, probably 25 years or so, at least. Wow. I'm old. So you started when you were like seven. That's amazing. <laughs> you really, you were really committed. Was, yeah. You're really committed. A peer leader. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why, Jeremy, actually, before we jump into just talking about our children's ministry and stuff like that, what, I'd love to ask you, like, why children's ministry? Like, um, why, why is that a passion that you, that you have? Yeah. I mean, when I was, when I was younger, God, I was saved at, a, at an early age. Uh, kindergarten, first grade, you know, that time frame, and, um, and really got serious about my faith in high school. And ever since then, I was, I was, I just had this desire to uh, be a part of the work God was doing in kids' lives in what, whatever stage of life that was. Um, when I was younger, I really wanted to be a youth pastor because that's, that's the age that God really grabbed a hold of my heart. And um, as I've gotten older, and I, and I helped out in youth ministry for a long time, but as I've gotten older, I, I realized I can't do like all nighters anymore or <laughs> have middle schoolers jumping on my back and whatnot. Uh, yeah, just, and, and so in different aspects uh, of, of kids ministry, like I, I've just always felt that, um, that personal connection, I think, mm-hmm. because that's where God impacted me so much. And, and I've always just wanted to be a part of, how God does work in the hearts of kids. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just have always been involved, even even when I've been involved with adult ministries, I, there was a part of me that was still volunteering or um, helping out with various just different kids ministries or events or mm-hmm. stuff going on at the church. So yeah. um, it's just really, like I said earlier, it's just really great to see the Lord work in the lives of kids over time because... Mm-hmm it's very easy to see like their physical growth, like they get taller and bigger and stuff. And, um, and then when you look back, you kind of are able to see the spiritual growth as well. 
Mm. So, yeah. Mm. That's cool. So, uh, Allison, you've been in your role as coordinator for a year now? Yeah, I think a little over a year. A little over a year. Yeah. Right. So came in right in the middle of mm-hmm. the pandemic mm-hmm. and, and everything with everything uh, shut down. And so for for those that don't know, Allison, um, Allison's role is primarily helping to both kind of shape the programs, but also to facilitate all of the volunteers. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we, we made a bit of a, a structural change instead of having a part-time staff member over each age group. We saw that there's actually a lot of key volunteers that are invested in kids. And what, what we really need is just the kind of administrative help and mm-hmm. support to get everybody, make sure everybody's in the right seat mm-hmm. and freeing them up to do the ministry that God's called them to do. And so that's a lot of what you do. Right. A lot of the administration, a mm-hmm. lot of the, the making sure everybody's in the right seat. When you think about kids' ministry and as you've kind of, learned and dug in deeper over the last year. What, what excites you? What excites you most about children's ministry and particularly children's ministry at Cornerstone? That's a great question. Um, I think that I would have to answer similarly to how Jeremy said, uh, just watching the kids, um, grow. But then on the flip side of that, because I work so much with volunteers and my role, it is watching the volunteers be excited, uh, to kind of like, be above and beyond teachers. I think our volunteers Mm. that I've gotten to work with over this last year have been so incredible and have blown me away with their desire to um, not only take the lessons that we provide, but to add to those with like props or crafts that they Mm. thought of on their own, um, that I see it being their genuine joy and uh, a skill set that they have. Not that Mm. we've just plugged someone in that like a warm body, Mm. um, but people that have a skill set to come alongside the kids of the different age groups. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I've learned in this as well, that there are people who are more gifted for different age, age levels. And it's important to identify that so that we don't have burnout essentially. Um, Because I think all of us, when we're um, in, in a place where we're kind of, giving that isn't as natural for us. We, we hit burnout so, so much more quickly. Mm. Um, so to watch on the flip side of it, it give people joy. Mm. Um, I love to see. And the, the tidbits that I hear from the kids is mm. like, kind of like the, the, the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I always ask kids like, what did you learn in your class today? And so to hear, you know, the yeah. little things that they learned or, you know, the small ones, the things that they, uh, picked up that maybe were not the point, but you know, it's still like, you were there. <laughs> totally, totally. I I so appreciate that, and I I think it it actually puts the 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 focus of the heartbeat and power of our children's ministry where it where it is, which is our our church family, which mm-hmm. is these volunteers. The and it's interesting we call them volunteers, but volunteers isn't even necessarily the right like these are just family members, mm-hmm. right? Church mm-hmm. family members who are using their gifts to pour into and disciple uh, people, the, the next generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which really is, I mean, that, that's what our children's ministry is. And, and like, like a lot of things, I mean, the reason we have staff, even just to take a step back, like the reason we have staff at, at, as a church at all, the staff's job isn't to do the work of ministry, Right. The staff's job is to 
set in place the structures and uh, oh, what's going on? My computer. The, the staff's job is to put in place the, the structures and organization that facilitates the ministry of the body, that, that facilitates the one another ministry in the life of the church. And so um, whether that's a, you know, staff coordinating a Sunday morning or on a, the, the children's side, you know, we don't have the two of you on staff so that the two of you can disciple every ch- every kid between <laughs> one and 18. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, that doesn't even work. We, we could hire enough staff to do that. Um, but it, in taking the administrative burden off of people, it frees them to do the, the teaching, the discipling, the investing, the mm-hmm. relating that God has called the, the church to, to do and be. Yeah, I think um, it's it's really I've learned what a balance it is of of trellis and vine work, like we've talked about so often. Where we are, we've talked about that often. (laughs) I'm not sure. I I, I mean, I think we've talked about on the podcast a little bit before. But what what do you mean by before you get into it? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So the vine is the heart of what God is doing in our lives as individuals and in the hearts of people at our church, like our, yeah. our church family. Um, it's the, the trellis, living transformation growth, exactly. spiritual growth that happens in the church family. The yeah. gospel work essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the trellis is the means by which that happens. The, the means that God provides us to help facilitate that. So an external pro- structure that yeah. supports exactly in order for the, the growth. To and place. that's what a lot of our programs are meant to be is mm. that trellis that facilitates that vine work. And I think, uh, in my position over the past few years, that's something that's really um, been helpful for me. But also, I think looking at myself personally, like a struggle sometimes to remember what is the most important thing that's going on here. And it's the vine work. It's it's the work that God is doing in the hearts and lives of of me and of our church family. And um, And so, yeah, I think to your point, Scott, about just it's not our job to we weren't hired to to disciple every single child um mm-hmm. on a one-on-one basis mm-hmm. um what, that stuff happens for sure mm-hmm. um and we need programs to to help facilitate that a, a lot of that stuff and that's very important for us um but i think when we take a step back and look at the bigger picture it is remembering to focus on the vine work and to mm-hmm. focus on um how God is moving and that, that frees us to um, evaluate programs, Mm -hmm. change programs from time to time, kill off programs. If if we feel like they they need to be killed off, um, spring up new programs, but it's all dictated by the vine work that the Lord is doing in the hearts and lives of, of us as a church, of our Mm -hmm. kids, um, of, of our families. I, I mean, the past few years have been a perfect example of that. We've, we've, we've had to make adjustments. And when a lot of those programs were taken away, the Lord was still doing vine work. And mm. so it allowed for us to be able to make adjustments on the fly because what was really eternal was the vine work, not the trellis. Mm. So um, I think that is really kind of the heart and soul of even what we're trying to accomplish with kids ministry. Mm. That was good. I, man, yeah, that was. That was, <laughs> I, was I mean, it's so encouraging to me. And I, I even think when I look back over the last 
couple of years, like there's what, what we want to do is just find ways to connect cross generationally. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in kind of normal times, that's going to involve some standard programs. But again, the the program's not the end, right? Mm -hmm. The cross-generational connection. And if a program exists but isn't producing that Mm cross-generational discipleship, then we're just doing it just to do it, Mm -hmm. right? And so the question is, how how do we continue to strive to do that in different ways, in different contexts? And even just as as the needs and makeup of the church family changes changes sure. and develop over years we we want to uh react ebb and flow and react to that which is part of why i just so appreciate your your heart and i think it's one of the things that you're particularly uh passionate about and gifted in is um not just kind of doing whatever somebody told you we're supposed to do or whatever you think we're supposed to do, but asking questions, looking, wrestling through what, what do the kids that are here need? And what do the families that are here now uh, need most? And I mean, I, we, we can't always provide everything that is needed most, but like asking those questions to, to uh, make it happen. So what, when you think about children's ministry as a whole, and I think you you got at it a little bit in this kind of vine work, but I want to, I want to I'd love to hear you talk about it a little bit more. Like what what's the purpose of children's ministry? Why why does children's ministry at Cornerstone exist? Um, the the simplest answer is to see the the hearts of kids transformed by the gospel, mm-hmm. um, to see them discipled, and to see them be incorporated into our church family to become a part of our church family, a functioning part of our church family. Um, and I said, you and I have talked about this before Scott privately, but I think even using the word transformed by the gospel, um, I use that word on purpose just because it's more than just making sure we check this box off that a kid said a prayer mm. and, you know, quote unquote, accepted Jesus into their heart. It's a life change. It's 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 Christ coming and being their savior and um, changing their lives from the inside out and mm-hmm. and helping them to understand that man we're we're all we're all kind of messed up on this mm-hmm. on this road of life and and God loves us so much that He gave for us He gave us His Son and to help the kids see that and fall in love with that and just to be prayerfully like asking the Lord to work in that way is it's, it's what it comes down mm. to is, is to see kids transformed mm. by the gospel and something that kind of, I had never thought about before, but you know, I always looked at kids as like, Oh, so-and-so like Lincoln is Scott's son. But when Lincoln becomes a part of when, when Lincoln accepts the Lord, he is now my brother in Christ. He's, he's, he's your brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is my kids actually love talking about that. <laughs> they, 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 they're like, like I mean, you you are my dad. But you're also just my brother. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it's bedtime. <laughs> so right now, I'm your, definitely your dad. <laughs> yes, def, def, definitely times and places for those different distinctions. No, 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 but it's it's so true. I think yeah. I, we have I think we have a, such. A, your point is great because I think we have such a hard time thinking that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, right, especially with. Uh, 
people that we meet, humans we meet when they are children. Yeah. We have such a hard time, I think, sometimes of, yeah. of making that 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 transition. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I think that's really the foundation for why we have kids ministry at Cornerstone. Why I think the Lord calls us, calls churches mm. to minister to children, um, and we see and we see that in Jesus's heart as well in the Gospels. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I I've heard from you. Numerous times, particularly as we've like wrestled through these things and big picture questions, the the emphasis on the fact that the primary responsibility for the discipling of kids is families, mm-hmm. right? Is parents. Yeah. How? Wh- what's the relationship between the responsibility that parents have, the responsibility that the church has, and the discipleship that we're seeking to do in children's ministry? Like, how does that relate to, or how is that connected to? Um, or different than the discipleship, the, the kind of fundamental re- disp- re- discipleship responsibility of parents. Um, I mean, I mean, first off, like just mathematically, it we have we see the kids for a couple hours a week, yeah, if yeah. that, um, and kids have lives outside of Sunday mornings, you know, and uh, and so, um, yeah, just it it is really like discipleship has to start in the home. Like it, 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 kids will listen to, you know, their peers and and listen to us, but they're really shaped and formed by their parents. And, and obviously like there's different scenarios where that doesn't look Mm -hmm. neat and clean, like, like we think, but um, even in, even in the old Testament, like we see in, um, Deuteronomy that that the nation of Israel is called to the parents are called to um, teach the scriptures to their children day and night like mm-hmm. as they're walking down the road like always have it in front of their face like it, there there's there's a call there to parents to um, constantly be teaching their children about who God is mm. um, and even in in um, in our day and age now, like, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't like youth ministry in, mm. in gospel times or, mm. or in the old Testament. Um, it, you know, it's relatively, a uh, a, a newer thing in the sense that the church has, um, found that this is a, a trellis essentially mm. to, to facilitate God's work in the lives of children. And it's the best way that we're able to do that nowadays. Um, but it still has its shortcomings and shortcomings in the sense of time relationships. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think as kids get older, volunteers are able to build deeper relationships mm-hmm. and, and that's that cross generational, yeah. um, aspect that you're talking about, Scott, um, where, um, as kids get older, they're able to, uh, trust and listen to other adults that aren't their mm. parents in a more, in a more convent, uh, in a more deeper way. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, first just that the scripture commands that yeah. parents do it, but but also it's just a logical mm. thing. Uh, what what's your hope? What role do you hope children's ministries at Cornerstone will play in for kids? And it's probably more so the cases as they get older. They're gonna, they, they, but kids that might be connected to the life of the church. Um, who maybe don't have believing parents or mm. don't have discipling parents. Yeah. Um, 
is like what what is how even big picture do, would would we hope that young Christians um, that don't have believing parents would be discipled mm. at Cornerstone? Yeah, um, I think it really is a um, a generational thing. So the way that our ministry is set up, I believe, is for kids at a young age. So, so there could be like a toddler or a preschooler who comes and, and maybe their parents are checking out church for the first time or whatever. But like in those early years, they're learning about the stories in scripture, the characters of scripture and the God behind those stories and characters. Mm. And so they're getting the truth of scripture. And then in elementary, in elementary age, they start to see how that's applied to their lives, how those stories, how those characters are lived out in a daily in their daily lives. And um, if we're, if we're able to connect with kids in that way on, uh, on Sundays or whatever program we might have at that mm-hmm. is set up at that time um, and we're following up. So um, even during the pandemic uh, when we weren't able to like meet together in person, like a lot of what I was doing was connecting with families um, over zoom or, visiting families, just dropping stuff like gifts off, like just really trying to do those extra little things to connect to kids when, when that program was taken away. And so, mm-hmm. so that's part of it too, is as volunteers become more familiar with kids and with parents um, providing that relational aspect at an early age, but then especially as they get older into middle school and high school, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, that relational aspect really grows. And so, um, even, even now in our life groups, we have our life, sorry, our life groups are, um, <laughs> essentially community groups for our middle school and high school students. Uh, and they're, they're anywhere between in size of like three to like six or seven kids in each group. And, um, in those groups, they have leaders who meet with them at least twice a month, but those leaders they'll attend their sporting events, their, their school plays. Um, they will take them out for lunch. They will, uh, grab coffee with them. There's different aspects relationally where kids, youth are being poured into by a godly adult that um, is help is hopefully helping shape their spiritual journey. And so, um, for a lot of our for for kids who don't have believing parents, I think it's it is hoping to to hit them with the truth of of the gospel when they're here at our programs but then it's that intentionality of reaching out and taking those extra few steps to mm. and kind of having a, a tangible um idea of where their family's at and and yeah. whatnot now, i i really appreciate that because I, I what i hear you saying is that uh, our programs provide a context for that but our hope for the discipleship of kids whether they have Christian parents or not, and maybe especially if they don't have Christian parents is uh, bigger than our programs, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It, it can't be encapsulated in our program. So our programs are a piece. They're a trellis that helps, but they're not the whole thing. And so it's going, people are going to need to be pursued. Families are going to need to be pursued. This is why we we live in community and try to reach out in community. And if, if you know, my uh, kids are friends with, another kid who is a believer, whose parents aren't a believer. Well, then part of it is our programs are going to be doing that discipleship. But part of it is 
we're going to be doing that discipleship as a, as a family. Exactly. Right. As, as a part of that too. And so it, we're not dumping the whole weight of discipleship into these programs, but seeing them as one tool in, and, and a significant tool, but in, in the overarching kind of discipleship context that is the life of the church family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, there's not going to be a, a five-year-old, like we don't have, we don't have church buses anymore that go yeah, around yeah. the neighborhood and pick up kids. Like, so there's yeah. not going to be a five-year-old who shows up here that doesn't have some sort of context of community, community context. With, within yeah, yeah. Some, with, yeah. with somebody else at our church. And so, yeah, yeah I, I think um, our community groups and the parents of our kids play a huge role in even the disciple, like eventual, the eventual discipleship of these kids who may be coming from homes that don't have believing parents or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. So yeah, I, community is a huge aspect of, of kids ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think, yeah. And, and I think it's important for our church to, to understand that and, and understand like the holistic aspect of what God has called us to as a church family and as a church body. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's super helpful, and I think it helps orient us a little bit in both how children's ministry serves our families and our and our kids, and also the the designed limitations of it. Right, the fact that it it, it it's not kind of this holistic discipleship context, but one that that's supposed to be supportive mm-hmm. um, to families. I, and I think to me, this is why your relational desires and your desire to be have an open door and a relationships with families um, and kind of navigate and steer this according to the needs on the ground is so helpful because th- this means that when families are struggling or kids are struggling or they have needs or whatever like that having these conversations then shapes the things that we do and how we do it and and what this looks like and I, and this is also why I think the when we talk about opportunities to serve in kids ministry that that can sound like just semantics mm-hmm. right like really we just need to plug holes mm-hmm. right oh we just do and in one sense we we do need a lot of people like we need the entire church family to be in, <laughs> engaged in one way or another investing in the next generation like we absolutely do. every I mean my heart is that every member would one way or another be involved in investing, not just kind of serving the church organization, but investing in pouring into the the next generation mm-hmm. and the things that have been entrusted to them mm-hmm. from previous generations. Um, but maybe Allison, for you, when when you think about those opportunities, um, how do you hope? How would you hope? people that step into mm-hmm. children's ministry would view or see or understand mm-hmm. their, um, their role and in, in that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that what you offer, even for two hours on a Sunday morning is impactful. Mm. So thinking about, you know, that, that kid that maybe doesn't have the opportunity to be discipled by parents mm. We've designed our lesson plans to be that it's just a simple gospel every single time they step Mm. into one of our classroom settings. And that is important for us who have been believers for numerous years. And that's Mm. important for people who have never heard the gospel before. Um, And so 
yeah, the first thing I, I think is that there would be a an understanding and a joy that you are impacting lives. Um, and secondly, I think about um, just that, like something that was coming to mind as you guys were talking is we think about this secularly, right? We say it takes a village to raise a child, mm. but I think we neglect that spiritually. We, we don't mm. think about the spiritual needs and um, like our teachers sometimes can see things that are like happening in a kid that maybe their parents didn't have an opportunity to see because it's a different setting than mm. what's in their family home. Um, and can also on the positive side of that say like, these are the questions your kid is asking. These are the, these are the things they're thinking about. Um, and so it's an opportunity to serve families to show them, you know, what maybe is going on in, in their child's heart in those two hours that, that you got to interact with them. Um, and my hope is that that would be a joy that that, mm. that wouldn't be, you know, feeling like you're plugging holes, mm. um, but that it would be an honor to be a part of what the Lord is doing in, in the kids' lives. And that, that, that would be what kind of the, the service stems out of. Yeah. Yeah. So on that programmatic side, and maybe either of you guys can answer this, but on, on that programmatic side, um, what what ideally, what does the trellis look like? I mean, for those that are maybe unfamiliar or maybe they're new to the church, maybe they're um, maybe even new in the last couple of years and haven't seen kind of everything put together. What what do you hope those trellises would be? And um, are they running now? Are we almost there? Like, well, yeah, where, where, where are we at with that? Uh, what, what that trellis, what we hope that trellis to be uh, at this moment? Yeah, I mean, I think just naturally, uh, Sunday mornings are a key component of our of our trellis. Okay. Um, you know, we during our church services we strive to have classes that are open for every age group, including nursery, including babies. Um, one because, like Allison was saying, the children are hearing the simple gospel message mm -hmm. in those classes in their own language. Um, but secondly, it, it does provide opportunity for people who have giftedness to, to use that giftedness in, in settings that, um, that God has, has made for us to facilitate that, that gospel communication. And then thirdly, it also allows for parents to be able to, um, worship and fellowship in their, in quote unquote, their own language, as far as like, they're not constantly having to tend to, to children and, um, and be able to focus on, on worshiping the Lord themselves. And so, yeah, we our our hope is, and our goal is to have a nursery open, our toddler room open, our preschool room open, and our elementary in a kindergarten through second uh, grade, um, class, and then a third through fifth grade class all open at each, each of our services. Um, and I know Allison's been working a <laughs> lot, like, uh, reaching out to people and, and we have been making some progress on that. Um, we're not there yet. Uh, part, part, and I should explain this yeah. too, with, with how we decide to open up the rooms when they're ready. Um, I think we may, we learned from, from, from error a little bit. Uh, last year we opened up 
the toddler room because we had the exact amount of volunteers <laughs> needed to have that room open. Mm-hmm. Not taking into account the fact that somebody might get sick or a, ch- uh, a, a volunteer's child might get sick. And so that, that means that they can't make it that particular Sunday. And so we didn't have any sort of backup plan mm. for, for if that were to happen. And so when we, when we open classrooms, we need volunteers who are able to staff that without the burnout that Allison was talking mm-hmm. about. Um, and also with people who are able to switch or sub in mm-hmm. when, when those, those things don't happen. Yeah. And, and, you ask people to, so we, we have kind of two, two forms of this, and this is actually, I think, a helpful context to even talk about. We're, we're moving towards having at least one person in each room mm-hmm. be a paid child care worker. And that, that would be, they'd be paid, they'd go, go to church one service and be paid to serve the, the other service. Mm-hmm. And they would, be expect, they would be expected to be there every week. Weekly, yes. Right, every week. And so if, if you're even open to that, Right. That is that would be that, that's a huge need mm-hmm. that makes this uh, possible and makes it so that we don't need more volunteers than we have people in the church mm-hmm. to to, yeah. to to do this trellis. Um, and and then for volunteers, you're asking them to to teach or serve like once a month. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for for our pre pre K classes, that's uh, nursery, toddler, and preschool. Um, those volunteers are on a weekly rotation basis. So it's, it's once a month um, and for one service, mm-hmm. not both services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, ideally we'd have that paid childcare worker in as the assistant mm-hmm. for each of those weeks. And they'd be there weekly. Um, and our teachers would rotate out once a month. Mm-hmm. And we feel like that gives them opportunity to serve in the capacity that they're gifted in, but also to not have them be over overburdened and 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 um, get burned out quickly, mm-hmm. and then our elementary is a little bit different. Our elementary volunteers, both teachers and assistants, are rotated out in um, a a monthly fashion. I would say uh, they they teach a unit of lessons, which is typically four weeks, and and then they rotate out for they're out for about three months, and then we have another teaching team come in, and that's for each service. Mm-hmm. Um, and this allows, because the the lessons are a little bit more uh, deep and and have a little bit more context and application to them for the elementary age kids, uh, it gives those volunteers an opportunity to really take ownership of those of mm-hmm. those lessons and of those um, teachings and be able to connect with the kids better in, in in that sense. So yeah, and so if if you're at home doing the math, <laughs> it's a lot of people, um, and I think it's part of why we. Uh, would love for everyone in the church to ask how what how am I a part of the investment in the next generation? Mm-hmm. Um, and because in all of these different ways, there's there's all sorts of ways to um, serve and context depending on giftedness, depending on um, your yeah the age groups that are more natural with. So okay, so that's that's elementary, um, and then. Uh, elementary, so elementary, they, they're in the service for most of the service. And then during the sermon that we, we have these classes. Yeah. Um, in the past we've had afternoon classes as well. Um, what really that's specifically on a, again, like 
demand of both families saying this is a trellis we would we could use to help disciple our kids and uh people who are passionate about providing that trellis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a perfect example of the type of program where we're like, yeah, we, we're absolutely open to do that. Uh, Jeremy and Allison can't like make programs or volunteers like kind of appear out of thin air. But if the, the, the church family mm-hmm. decides together, mm-hmm. this is something that's important to us, then we help facilitate it. Yeah. Right. Like, make it happen but but we're uh we're we're not like a you know a, an organization that staffs you know dozens of workers to to, to do these work because it, it really is what we're facilitating is the family life of mm-hmm. the church which means that these these programs these desires come from the family mm-hmm. right yeah. their ability and desires to do this yeah they're sense. they're they're born out of the need and, yeah. and the desire but then they they get their legs from mm. the volunteers that are willing to take ownership of, of exactly. that. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so right now we're, we're focused on, on the elementary age, we're focused on junior church, mm-hmm. right? We don't have any imminent plans for something in the afternoon or whatever, unless somebody yeah. like had that passion, we would be happy right. to talk with you about it. But that it's, that's one of those programs that actually like went, went away and we've not heard any, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Clamoring desire to yeah. make that happen. Again. Yeah, it's it's also just understand like from from our perspective as staff members, just also trying to understand where families are at. Yeah. Um. In an in essentially a, a new world and, yeah. and mm-hmm. what their capacities are, what what um what their what their weekends look like, what their weeks look like as far as school. Like, it, there's yeah. so many factors that totally. go into it. So yeah. And so with this. Uh, Elementary school age kids, though we're all we are doing Cornerstone Kids Camp, yes, this mm-hmm. summer, mm-hmm. right? Um, everybody's really excited about. Um, I want to talk about life groups, but what, what, what do you want to what, what do you want to say about Cornerstone Kids Camp? Um, Other than it's going to be a blast. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> like it is really exciting. Like we've been working on it for a few months now, and and uh, in in different capacities. But um, when we started working on it, it was like. Oh yeah. Like this, this, this is kind of like the, we're, we're back. Like mm. we're, we, this is, this is, this is what we, we been doing for a long time and, and it's good to be doing it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like we're excited about it. Uh, it's gonna, the, I, I guess I can give you guys the theme. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Exclusively released on the pastor's podcast. This is why you listen. <laughs> The theme for Cornerstone Kids Camp 2022 is... Uh, it, it is Jesus, the ultimate guide. Jesus, the ultimate guide! What? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, we're going to be, our teaching time is going to be following the Israelites being led by the Lord um, in the wilderness through thick and thin. Mm. Um, some of it from their own... <laughs> their own cause, but um, <laughs> just seeing how the Lord guided them out of Egypt and into the promised land. And then um, our, our skit, our, our, our thematic uh, look, I guess, mm-hmm. around campus is going to be um, about a guide who is helping these, these sojourners, so to speak, mm-hmm. Uh, looking for 
a way out of the 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 mire and the misery of of this place that they had known but into this into this new and better place the, mm-hmm. this this place that promises hope and peace and life and love and the guide is going to be leading them in and I'll leave it up to you guys to to figure out who that guide represents. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm just excited for our kindergartners and first graders to 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 come to know the word sojourner. <laughs> we will not be using that word. No, come that week, on, probably. man! It'll be great. It'll be great. All right, all right, um, all right. And then finally, for our junior and uh, senior high school kids, um, can you just give us a brief? description of what you know people kind of heard hear about like what about life groups or like like what what are what are life groups uh life groups are essentially uh small groups community groups for our youth for our middle school and high school uh age kids they um they are formed basically by age and gender um and so we have uh a few boys groups and we have a one girls group right now um we are, we will be about to start a second. Yeah. We're about right. to start a, a, a new girls and a new guys group um, with students who are graduating fifth grade this year, and they're going to be entering sixth grade. We're going to be starting those groups soon. Um, and uh, again, another opportunity for people who want to be involved in the lives of youth uh, and seeing the gospel work in their lives. Um, but again, it's another opportunity for that. And uh but yeah, they they meet. Uh, most groups meet every other week, um, and it's a lot different than our Sunday morning programs for for the younger kids. It, it's um, kind of built around the schedules of the students because they're they get so involved in so many different things mm-hmm. as they get older, and um, and so yeah, like our our leaders for those groups and the students they coordinate with with the the parents of the students to find a time and a place that works best. And and they'll meet like at different leaders houses or different um, students houses. And it's a lot more informal, which mm-hmm. allows for a lot more um, relational dialogue and a lot more in-depth uh, discipleship. Yeah. But um, also just, and also just a lot of fun. Like I, I think I, I've seen in all of our groups, um, the students, the youth become just better friends with one another mm. And it's even cool to see like uh, them interacting with their leaders on Sundays. They see them, mm-hmm. they go, they gravitate towards them. And like, mm-hmm. it, there's just been a bond that has been built that is centered on the gospel and lived out amongst um, these leaders and these students mm-hmm. with each other. So, yeah. 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 That's been super sweet to see. I mean, I have so much fun and I've been super encouraged by like the books they go through and like the different thing it's been. Um, yeah. It's really exciting. And also is such a cool natural step towards um, just like kind of the long-term life in the part of the church family. Yes. Like it's like teaching them how mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. yeah. in such a real and practical way. Um, yeah. It's been yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Cause even a lot of those, a lot of our youth are, have taken that next step into like mm-hmm. serving on Sundays mm-hmm. and, and it's yeah. been really a joy to see them. That, that's part of that. What I was talking about earlier about, mm-hmm becoming an actual part, a functioning part of our church family mm. is, is using yeah. their gifts to. And then help. them catching the heart for the next generation yes. too. Yes. And, We've you know, pouring too, into, yeah. into others because it's, it is, it's, it's, it's a call for all of us, mm-hmm. right? It's a call for all of us. Um, well, that's, that's super helpful. I, we've probably got to wrap it up here, but thanks. 
thanks so much for the the time allison anything anything else before we go you want to make sure people know we we good we good (laughs) good. okay awesome uh well thank you guys for the time thank you so much for the ways that you both sacrifice so much and serve and i know um even all sleepless nights helping to facilitate uh the life of our church family as they invest in and pour into the the next generation it is uh i know it's a privilege for you guys to get to do but it's also a, a privilege to have you both serving us in this way so thank you thank you enough thank you guys and thank you for listening thanks for serving um if you listen to this th- th- this week i'm just gonna do a commercial here at the end there is a children's ministry training Hey-o. you can jump in yep Saturday, Saturday, this nine, Saturday, nine thirty a.m. Just show up. Just yeah. come. Just show up. Nine thirty a.m. We'll answer any questions that you have. Yeah, yeah. We'll I mean, I, I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. I think both for yeah. existing volunteers and and for for new ones. But um, even if hearing this, you're like, uh, you know, maybe maybe I should learn more. You can do it this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This what uh, Saturday? Let's give it a date yeah. because Saturday, I keep saying this weekend. Yeah. I don't know when people are going to listen. Saturday, to this. April twenty third, nine thirty to twelve, and we'll be up in Fletcher, which is okay. um, where our uh, Spanish and Farsi congregations meet. And if it's after the 23rd that you're listening to this, just you can still come Jeremy, talk to us. Yeah. Allison at cornerstonewla.org. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Thanks again. And thanks for listening. We love you. And we'll see you on Sunday.